Hello, bienvenue, and welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. We have reached episode number 25, and we are the podcast that gives you the unenviable insight into the creators and masterminds behind the second greatest video games website ever, www.thatguys.co.uk. In this podcast series, we discuss the video games near and dear to us and give you the listener, the rare privilege of hearing our poorly researched verbal dump. We are your hosts, myself Richie, and my lovely cohort, Farley, aka Kunzi11. Say hello, Farley. Cohort? Does this just be co-host? No, cohort. Like, you know, it's oh, cohort okay. not like when, you know, you know, it's like when you've got, make a plan, you know. Yeah, kind of. I think it's more than one person for anyway. Oh hi all <laughs> And tell us Farley, where else can we be found? We can be found on all good social medias. Not that there are any good social medias. They are all horrible and awful and data stealing. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube under that guy's uh, maniac. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good point. Um, all of our podcasts are up on YouTube as well, so do we want listen to us forever? <laughs> um, and do we have a sponsor for today? We do. We couldn't bring you this fantastic content without uh, extremely huge sums of money uh, that go <laughs> on cars, drugs, and hookers, drugs, and football and gears blackjack fan belts and all those manly bad dragon that, dildos like, <laughs> bad dragon dildos and this week uh uh dildos are supplied by <laughs> altera corporation um that's altera. altera corporation they they specialize in uh high-speed space travel infrastructure that's altera corporation Thank you very much, Altera. <laughs> Are they for all our what needs? They're for all our high-speed space travel in- infrastructure needs. Ah, perfect. Okay, cool. Because we need those things. So, today, in a return of fashion, we are going to go back to a little chat about ru- what we... <laughs> we are rusty. We are rusty. I can, feel, <laughs> I can feel the rust as we go. Apologies, listeners. We'll, we'll shake it up. I'm sure. Yeah. It's been a I think I, I think the major fuck up was in the intro when I sort of started saying like, and we've reached episode twenty five, and then launched into my blurb without really sort of like it was jarring. It bugged me. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, I could really. I, I could. I could feel there was like there was no shine behind the eyes. You know, it was very. Yeah. Dead inside. I tell you what, listeners, <laughs> Farley will do the next intro. You'll do the next intro. <laughs> well, if you have a sponsor, if, you know, <laughs> it takes time and dedication to go out there <laughs> to pull in all these sponsors. Uh, if you want to swap the workload, fine. <laughs> it takes I'll dedication. I'll fumble through an intro. If you bring yep. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds really dirty the way you say that, you know, especially with the English accent. I'll fumble through an intro. <laughs> yeah. <It's pretty laughs> right, much, okay. Pretty much. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in a return to our initial segment of how we used to do this podcast, <laughs> which was, yeah. what are you playing? It, it, just let it be, let it be. It's fine, it's fine, fine. I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to do the merchant uh, impression. Um, because yeah, I just think I it'll, I'll fuck up. It'll sound Irish. Yeah, I don't think you'll be able like to pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish Jamaican merchant from uh, Resident Evil 4. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about some of the games that we've been playing recently. And I think, um, Farrells, why don't you kick us off with something you've been playing? Sure. Uh, so. I've not had a huge amount of game time, and I think last time we had a What Are You Playing, I was on a bit of a palate cleanser. I was Pokemon out, and I think that still continues. Um, and there's not really been much for Sword and Shield. We've had like a couple of uh, max raid events, but nothing that's really pulled me back in. So, uh, exploring. A diverse platter of games, shall we say, in the interim. And the first one, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles 4 on the Nintendo Switch by Sega. Have you played any of those? Uh, I own uh, Valkyria Chronicles (laughs) on Steam. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never installed it. (laughs) Brilliant. I mean, that's, that's as far as you go, I guess. Um, so uh, it's a lovely series of games uh, but one of those ones where the first one came out on the PlayStation 3 which I played and loved and then there were two or three in the middle I think maybe a spin-off one that were I think PSP and then the fourth one also and sorry to cut you off there Um, I I do know a little bit about Valkyria Chronicles but only because (laughs) Um, there was like three or four characters from them in the um, Project Cross Zone game. So yeah, there the, 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 ah. there was a yeah. So I I do have some the knowledge gotcha. of it, and I guess it's not a gacha game. Do not fuck with me. <laughs> the, <laughs> um, Sega, the Sega gacha, yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I was playing that, so I know them, and I, that's why it made it to my Steam wish list uh, <laughs> to actually sort of like even see what this game was. But then you started banging on about it, and I lost all interest and wanted to play it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's good beats. I so say it's uh, how do I describe it? It's you know imagine Advanced Wars in three dimensions essentially um uh, or battalion wars for that matter which uh, is sort of the same uh but it's turn-based uh, the setting is kind of futuristic second world war is there a name for that kind of setting do you know what i mean so yeah you get a lot in japanese sort of anime yeah, so culture the, like yeah all the weapons and tanks are basically like world war Two, but then there's glowy energy on things. Uh, yeah, it's, so it's a bit like steampunk, but... It's exactly what I was sort of thinking. Years. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, fascist punk? Does that work? <laughs> fascist <laughs> punk. Yeah, let's, you go know, with, let's go with Fascism punk, punk yeah. <laughs> fascist punk. Yeah, there we go. Uh, 
fascist punk. Yeah, you um, gotta be careful how you say that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fascist, fascist punk. Um, <laughs> I really love the outcrop of these rocks. That's fascist spunk all over it. Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, and it's... Uh, I mean, that's such a nice geology joke. Um, <laughs> if anyone out there gets that, then good on you. Yeah, all two um, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, the the thing that I really like about it, and actually this is one that I've been playing for a while. I picked it up as soon as it came out. There was a ridiculous uh, limited special edition version which came with a little tank, and uh, I didn't plump for that. Um, but it's one of those games where uh, I'm I actively don't want to kind of um just munch through it so i pick it up and play a mission every now and then in the hopes of eking it out for as long as possible uh i'm really trying to soak it all up so um, how long does a mission usually which... last uh well you the way the story progresses you have this big storybook um and there is there are loads and loads of of kind of exposition cutscenes. Uh, so it's quite nice, it's, it's, it's broken up into nice chunks, so I'll pick up from where I left off, which will be after a mission and uh, tooling up your gear and doing your training and making sure everything's hunky-dory, picking your squad. Then there'll be two, three, four, sometimes five cutscenes, then you'll jump into a mission, uh, all of which, you know, kind of shake it up somehow with some new terrain or some new character or some drama or something that happens midway through the battle that completely changes everything. Um, so uh, maybe a couple of hours if you're playing it slowly. Uh, there is permadeath in this, so it has it kind of combines um, some of the best bits of Fire Emblem, which is why I really like it. So you you pull your squad from a, from a large roster that you have, um, but you kind of build... It's not as explicit in Fire Emblem in that you don't um, build your unit's relationships up by just by having them next to each other. But they do have a really cool list of kind of flaws and perks, which can be quite quirky. So I think I mentioned before, you know, there's a... Essentially there's a race which you don't have to read between the lines too hard. <laughs> this sort of Jew, essentially Jewish, or the... Or the treated as the Jewish in this world called the Dark Sin. Um, so in previous games there was a big story, so they're always kind of outsiders and um, you'll have some kind of racist characters in your squad. So if your Dark Sin, some of your Dark Sin characters are stood next to them, there's a chance they'll get a debuff on their turn. Um, but then there's also a whole range of positive ones, so there's uh, lady characters who like other ladies and they'll get a boost if they're standing next to some ladies there are some people who are nature lovers so if you're running across grass you might get this boost or that boost um racist it's really nice to kind of think about so yeah. this game is about racist lesbianism and uh, hippies <laughs> no 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 not not hugely because there's this big list of uh, character flaws, and they're almost—I think they're all unique. I, I'm not. I'm, um, I want you to just take a little step back here because I'm going to refer you back to a little time 
when you were playing, or indeed you were making fun of me playing as the Alliance, the alien race in World of Warcraft, giving to me all the, oh, you're playing the guy who's smiting at things, the fascists and all that sort of stuff. That's a bit of a leap when you're actually telling me that this game is actually about racism. Well, no, it's not. It's not about racism. You you have characters of, uh, and it's not really races either. It's a it's an ethnic group. Oh, okay. um, you also have different races of characters. Um, so you you'll have characters of various ethnic groups on your squad, and um, that some of them, uh, or specific characters, will have a flaw where they where they do not like uh, members of this ethnicity group. However, the uh, and I'm not too sure what happened in number two or number three. In number four, as you progress through the main story, you unlock these um, nice little mini missions, which will focus on two or three characters in the squad. Um, and so there is one uh, where you play as the racist and one of the Darkson characters, and there's kind of a, a uh, exploring and understanding arc within that little story and then when you finish that mission um, the characters kind of get uh, better more positive boosts so instead of having a few positive and more negatives um, they'll kind of work together and their preferred other people to work with and stand next to improves as well so it's really um, that's kind of what you play it for is well, that's what I play it for is you see just a little bit of these side stories developed between um, this huge roster of uh, other characters. And I really like the flexibility of how you, put your, how you put your squad together as well. So there are different classes, which, you know, some are purely anti-armor and they're awful against um, uh, infantry. Uh, some are mortars, you've got snipers, uh, you've got scouts, and then you've kind of got your... your um, Heavy gunners. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And it's great. I'm really enjoying it. But like I say, eking it out. I can't remember which mission I'm on. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, really don't want it to, to kind of um, to kind of run out. Yeah, Otherwise, I did something. I did something similar with uh, Mario Odyssey. It's just kind of like I didn't want that game to end without realizing that there is just yeah. so much stuff to do with <laughs> Mario Odyssey. Uh, so I was just kind of like doing, all right, I'll do this one quick mission first, and then sort of happy days, move on to the next thing, and, and then put the switch down. The whole wonder of the switch, of course, is you know you just turn the the power off and just leave it, and then come back to it like the DS. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, cool. So, Valkyrie Chronicles, what yeah. would you give it um, from a scale of? Uh, oh god, I, I don't even want to see my scale. Um, <laughs> how many lesbians out of ten would you give it? Uh, I'd give it eight and a half lesbians out of ten. Okay, cool, fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what are you playing? I got Tony Hawk. <laughs> you know, the skateboarding oh, so is that, game. Is that one and two in the same package? Yes. So okay. they, 
they remade the game from from the ground up sort of thing because the old um, engine wasn't good enough um, and in doing so they just did everything they put all of the uh, the missions from missions the maps from um, Tony Hawk's 1 and Tony Hawk's 2 Pro Skater and um, yeah uh, it is a complete remaster um, it feels so much like the original game um, even to the point where like when you first launch it um, it just goes straight into Rage Against the Machine um, <laughs> Gorilla Radio um, although they, they, they do censor out the word shit in Gorilla Radio and they, you know you know the song right you know turn that shit up yeah um, yeah. And, and they edit that out I was like what really and I was trying to think back did that happen in the original one no idea uh, it doesn't seem like something that people would edit out but uh, there it goes um, yeah maybe maybe um, it's just one of those hardline peggy things so if you get your rating down just by bleeping it or whatever. yeah just removing that sort of thing yeah but I, th- I thought like shit was an allowed word as long as it wasn't actually about remarking about uh, feces <laughs> or poop um, it was fine to yeah, use the word shit there is a there is a kind of swear word tier list I guess um, yeah. and I think shit is firmly in the middle um, it also of course it varies from um English language speaking country to English language speaking country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think shit's fairly tame. Uh, you know, git, although uh, I guess you get it in fantasy games a lot. It doesn't either here nor there. And the one that uh, I always find funny is that I think wank is high up on the British English list, um, but it's like really low ranking on the American English list. Well, yeah, you get the converse as well with uh, with twat, or as the Americans call yeah. it, twat. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you'll be just watching a sitcom and someone will bust out a wanker or something. You're like, oh, that's a bit, you know, I don't think you get away with that on... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I firmly remember Chandler as like, uh, that's the part where I'm a wank. And you're like, what? Fuck <laughs> you, hell. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, wow, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Tony Hawk, tell me about it. Um, I think bottom line is I played it a lot um, on the, believe it or not, the Mac. Um, <laughs> and it was using what? the keyboard. Yeah, 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 using the keyboard. Um, and um, I remember getting good at it. I'm... Sorry, can I just stop, in, stop you there? Until you said that, I would have had no idea that it, that it ever came out on the Mac. Wait, <laughs> I know. What are we talking? Uh, we were talking, uh, I'm going to say 2000, 2001, uh, around about when wow. we started uni sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember getting good at it, and I definitely played it on PlayStation, and it translated very, very well to the joypad and stuff like that. But, um, I'm shit at it now. Like, really, 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 <laughs> really, really shit. I know. Old man. <laughs> it, it's really cool, and um, 
like they've actually aged the skaters they keep that 90s vibe i don't know if you've seen the film mid 90s which has all the skating and stuff like that and it. it feels like it could be a continuation the movie of this game sort of thing um and going back to the warehouse i was like ah oh, this is the warehouse this is brilliant this is fantastic went in and just just kept falling over falling over and falling over like oh shit <laughs> I need to relearn everything um, I did all of the, the missions because you get a whole bunch of missions to do per um, per, per map and um, I did them except for the high score ones <laughs> and I tried doing some of the high score ones and like, oh, I can't even fucking combo anymore. I don't even remember how to do it. And like, I went through the tutorial and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. You know, you just press this button to do the aerial moves and you, you can spin and that's fine. That's great. I'm happy. No worries. Uh, and I quite enjoyed doing the tutorial. I fell over a couple of times. Right, good. I got this. Got this in the bag. And then went into the main game and was like, ah, oh, I've forgotten everything. Like, not just from the tutorial, but <laughs> everything uh, in the <laughs> game. Ah, oh, shit. So I'm now at a little bit of an impasse of, I love this game. I think it's cool. It's got a real 90s feel to it. I've, like, put skill points into a character because I managed to get some skill points. And then... I, I've just sort of this point where if I want to continue playing this game, I have to get good. And I know with all of these games, that is going to just take time. It is going to be like, you know, to use the, you know, the proper fucking metaphor, it is actually like skateboarding. I will fall down many, many times until I get it right. And like, if you've learned it once, and you're going to do it all again. And it's very much not coming back to me either. <laughs> is it? Is this, is this what I want to do? You know, is that the game that I want to spend my time on, to spend my time playing? Um, and I'm a little bit, uh, yeah, I'm just a little bit wary of like, shit. Am I, is it worth pumping more time into this? Even though I enjoy and love the game around it, for the ability for me to actually enjoy this on the level that I maybe did before. Or, you know, maybe that's where a lot of my enjoyment came from, you know, just falling over a lot or <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, um, that being said, regardless of my rubbishness, the game is so fucking solid. It is... It, it is immediately nostalgic as you walk in and it's really really cool very well presented it feels modern yet retro at the same time this is how a remaster should be done um and can't give it enough you're, praise you're just, you're just busting out all the tropes all the cliches <laughs> of what in what way in, in like game you know games journalism uh cliches which is which is oh yeah yeah means, I, I suppose yeah. like I, i'm not even meaning intentionally to be busting out the tropes in that <laughs> fashion <laughs> uh, I, genuinely i was really really impressed with it you know I, and um but yeah it's um it's just tough because i'm i'm shit at it 
Um, and I don't know if that's a reason to not play a game or it is a reason to play a game. Fuck it, yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite tricky. I mean, so what what uh, what's progression? Because to me, um, this and I'm sure we've mentioned it before. This game and uh, Blitzball were the two where for a good couple of years there'd always be a setup in a corner somewhere at a house party oh yeah absolutely and you know five or six people just playing tony hawk all yep. night passing the pad um one level over and having over a, yeah. maybe having a having a smoke at the same time um, <laughs> yeah yeah, and that was just uh, you know it was it, and it, it kind of kickstarted. Oh, it's very again. I think we're really lucky to be the age that we are, because it, it then kickstarted, or, or was part of that first wave of kind of extreme sports. And there were just fucking hundreds and hundreds of extreme sports games. Uh, there was Tony Hawk, and then there was the BMX stuff, and then there's the ATV stuff, and then there's the motocross stuff, and it was it all looked the same. And it all snowboarding, um, tricky, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. It, it all had the same kind of cover where you had the so and so's uh, sports name in uh, white text on like a fiery background on a blue yeah. disc, uh, superimposed on a real photograph of. Um, whoever, somebody on skis or an ATV or a skateboard or a BMX bike flying <laughs> yeah. uh, into the screen. Uh, and then, um, and I, 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 so I, I saw a lot of it and I probably watched a lot of it, but I didn't really play it very much. Um, I think I never kind of owned it myself. Um, I own a copy of it. I think, I don't know idea where I picked that up. I do know a couple of people who um, just bought a PlayStation for Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawks, mm. listen to me, you sound like a proper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> picked up a Nintendo just for the Tony Hawks. Uh, <laughs> so what is um I, I guess one of the struggles with um, you know, like, okay, is it is it worth you investing your time to, to perhaps build some of that, that skill level back up? Is uh it's quite arena based, right? I mean I guess progression is on each map you have to do XYZ tickle cops bun do a, this combo do this off this um is that helping in any way to kind of keep you sticking at it or would it just be, um you know, no you because progression is based on yeah progression is based on ticking off all of those boxes so you you've got a menu of um What's it called? Uh, things that you need to do, so, such as what you were saying, like you have to grind the tables, or you have to grind uh, yeah. wall grind uh, bells, or, or or whatever you need to do, bump into boxes, and yeah, that's fine. You can do that, but you can do that sort of through brute forcing it. Um, but the real challenges then just become getting high scores on these uh, on these levels, um, which is where I'm I'm stuck at. Just like can't fucking combo or can't keep a combo together without you know falling over um and that's just practice you know it's just really just about getting the timings down um i want to blame my controller because it's got a little bit of drift on it which is something you, <laughs> okay, you yeah. don't want it yeah, yeah you don't want to do so i actually ended up setting up with the keyboard um <laughs> a la you know oh 2000s i know <laughs> um which is actually is really it's actually quite intuitive um, to use the keyboard on it because you do not hold down 
like a, an analog stick and you don't push it in the direction, don't push it in the wrong direction, don't cause any bit of chaos. And I, and I, yeah, just start playing about that. But then I just realised, like, is this the way I want to play it? Do I want to sit with the keyboard? You know, it's like it's bad enough with World of Warcraft having to use the keyboard all the time. I was just like, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play it on the fucking controller. Um, but yeah, there's there's more drama around that as well because. Oh, you, you're not going to care anything about this, but I, I decided, okay, my Steam controller is really good. It doesn't have any drift on it. I'll use that. And then I looked it up online as to why it wasn't working, and there's like forum posts of people saying, oh, this is why it's not working. And, oh, God. Not an interesting story. So I'm glad I told you. There you go, listeners. Scrape the rust off. Listen to a rubbish story about Steam controller. No, you know, it's... it's uh the downsides there are many upsides to pc gaming uh, and the downsides are occasionally <laughs> brutal such as yeah. resident evil 5 not having couch co-op or, oh fuck off that's whatever. just nonsense <laughs> <you know>. yeah <laughs> or for whatever reason control xyz won't speak to yeah game no nah, it's like I, i've been using um 360 controllers as in like Xbox 360 controllers from like 12, yeah. you know, or you know, 15 years ago, um, and yeah. and they're not great. I mean, you've used them before. They've they, they've lost the rubber on the I, the, I, um, yeah, the analog I, sticks, yeah. yeah. And so we've got these uh, caps that co- co- overcover them. Overcover, yeah, great. Overcover, Fucking yeah. L- limber up that um, vocabulary, Richie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> overcover. <laughs> um, which go over the tops of the analog sticks and yeah i mean that's fine i'm just such a stingy bastard and refuse to buy a new controller like everything about the 360 controller that i should get rid of just get like an xbox one one now you know everybody's gonna be going nuts for the next generation of xbox so they'll go down in price get one richie stop being such a stingy bastard you know um but we'll see um yeah, anyway, Tony Hawk's, not controllers, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> Tony Hawk's on the Nintendos. Tony Hawk's? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, um, I mean, maybe they did, did something really clever. Um, and, you know, at some point, I presume you've, you've put your actual date of birth into your, whatever, your PC or your Steam account. So maybe it takes that into account and it kind of introduces a level of realism. So, you know... Uh, I don't. I don't imagine you're particularly proficient on a skateboard today, any more than you ever have been. Ever. So maybe yeah. it just reads. It just reads your age off, and like, okay, you know this. Uh, we're just going to make him just keep falling over because he's a decrepit wow. old man. I mean, that that's an interesting sort of statement about the future of video games um, and potential keeping fit with video games your performance yeah. in games I mean, yeah. related to your actual body size weight and fitness level <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean everyone everyone's obsessed with the uh, photorealism um no, fuck that. it should it should be about like physiological realism so, yeah uh, you, know, you you step on the scales and get the future connect or whatever to scan you and then and then 
you know, take a blood sample in the next, and <laughs> yeah. take your heart rate. And then in the, ne- in the next, uh, you know, Skyrim or GTA, if you <laughs> if you want to be able to swim for uh, you know continuously for an hour, you actually have to be able to continuously swim for an hour in real life. <laughs> That's brilliant. When you press the sprint button, it lasts three point two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your health is just decreasing for that entire time yeah. as you try and get your breath back. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh <yeah>. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh right, okay. I think I think um <laughs> that's Tony Hawk. <laughs> or Tony Hawks okay. for the Nintendos. Um yeah, I, I, I wish I, I wish I was the sort of person. Oh, you asked a question. We never even sort of got to it. What is progression in there? Um, yeah. and yeah, so basically you get a list of these things to tick off, um, and once you, uh, tick off like eight out of ten of those things or whatever number it is, um, you can then sort of go to the next level, and then you go to the next level and it has increasingly more difficult tasks and the high score challenges as well so it gets harder and harder and harder uh, and that level of progression um it, it, it's it's tough um because the most annoying thing with uh, each one of those maps is you you get a maximum timer allowance so for instance in the warehouse you have exactly two minutes to do whatever you can to get get all of the items there um, and do what you can and basically that means you play it for about a minute and a half realise oh I'm not going to hit this other fucking box and then you just sort of <laughs> fall over a bit and then you reload the level and you just redo the stuff that you just did again um, but what I found myself doing was I was collecting the, the letters for for whatever or collecting the boxes um, and I just wasn't getting better at the game, I was just pointing the character in the right direction and jumping at the right time <laughs> that was all um, so it just becomes a little bit of a, a brute force um, and now you get to the, another level which is more complicated and you're just like oh I don't even know this level I don't know the grinds, I don't know this that and the next thing so it's it becomes a bit more overwhelming and the challenges around it are even more steep which um so progression wise it, it's a little off putting uh, in all honesty um for what you want to do next but <laughs> so again you know. it would it would be like if you in real life turned up to you know a skate park on the edge of Milton Keynes <laughs> saying hello fellow kids I don't know this course very well. <laughs> falling over in the middle whilst everyone else is like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so I think um, Tony Hawk's is great. I'm shit at it, is, is the bottom line there. And I think let's move on. What have you been playing, Farley? 
the next game I've been playing, which finally fucking came out, is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Uh, I think they're calling it Remastered. Um, okay. Which it feels like I've been excited about for over a year. It was one of those. <clears throat> there was a was it E three? Well, the you know the Nintendo companion E three. Um. And this was sort of announced at the same time as Final Fantasy VII Remake and the fact that uh, Alien Isolation was coming to the Switch and it was one of a handful of games. I was like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to these coming out. And then um, it really frustrates me when companies do this. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's any different in Japan or elsewhere, but there was just nothing. Just You know, there was a page on the Nintendo uh, website which just said 2020 uh, nothing from Squeenix until uh, right before it came out um, and so I was worried that it wouldn't come out at all um, if you don't know Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles because it came out on the GameCube f- fucking 40 years ago or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the, the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is, is strange. It's a um, a spin on the Final Fantasy formula. Um, so there are things like Moogles and Chocobos, um, but instead of it being turn-based, it's all about uh, kind of collecting items. Um, so I loved the... I think I played two out of three of them on the 3DS and the Crystal Chronicles games. There was an excellent Wii game, which was about tossing, just throwing stuff. So you, you didn't get <laughs> any skill unlocks or magic. It was all about picking up whatever you could find and just uh, using the Wiimote, lugging it as something else. Um, I think a lot of people hated it. I, I um, adored that game. Um, really, really liked it. There also, you may remember the weird, the two tower defense games, but they were um, very yeah. much pay to play, you know. So you, you uh, one had you playing as an evil dungeon master. Uh, so your he- heroes would come along to a tower, and you kind of had to uh, stack your dungeon to beat them. <clears throat> and it was yeah, it was just you. In order to have any success in that game, you just had to kind of had to pay. Anyway, Crystal Chronicles on the GameCube kicked it off, and the reason why not many people played it uh, is because in order to play two player, three player, four player, each player had to have their own Game Boy Advance and a Game Boy Advance GameCube link cable. Um, <laughs> so if yeah. had, had two sessions where there were three of us playing, um, so really high entrance fee, if you like. We just happened to have this gear laying around because we were playing the JBA. Um, but what was great about it is that they'd use the GBA, you know, and Nintendo's played around with having a second screen many, many times um, to sort of get your own secret information, um, which is really fun. Uh, and the way this game is set out is uh, you're in a land where, as the name implies, crystals are really important um, and your village is protected by this crystal but travellers kind of hit the road in caravans uh, to top up this chalice. Um, (sighs) It's at the end of 
you travel to different dungeons. At the end of each dungeon, you'll get a drop in your chalice. You need three drops to top up the crystal to give you protection for another year. So that's kind of how the game is, is structured. It's you going off to dungeons, um, getting three, coming back, and then there's a celebration and a party and a nice little cutscene where everybody's dancing, and then you speak to your family, you build up your relationship with your family because they write you letters every time you finish a dungeon. And then there's... I think there's 999 different <laughs> events that can happen when you're on the road. Um, and there's a, there's a log book for you to fill out. Um, so every time you're traveling between these different dungeons, uh, there's a chance of a random event happening for you to see. So loved it originally. Uh, I don't think we ever beat it because it gets brutally hard because you have to combine your magics. So you, you don't really... Um, kind of has roguelike aspects to it i guess oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah just very very quickly before you go into that detail i actually did some um gba connection stuff as well um wind waker oh, really? yeah 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 uh, wind waker oh yeah um, on the, the gamecube had this uh, ability to connect um and you could play as tingle and Tingle could yeah. find things that only Tingle could find. So it was like exclusive items in Wind Waker that only Tingle could find, or he could influence uh, enemies and things like that. It was very, very boring. It was a, like, it was not interesting for the person playing as Tingle in any fashion. Just if there was something happening on screen and, and somebody was playing and you had no interaction, then you were just basically looking at a blank screen with Tingle doing his stupid little, you know, animation, and that's it, really. Uh, but yeah, also, uh, sorry. Can you also drop bombs, but they cost rupees? Yes. So you you would be playing your sort of own little mini game, and like you could spend other people's money and that sort of thing. It was not engaging, not fun, not a good use of that um, second screen. No. But yeah, no. anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Crystal Chronicles, um, yeah, 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 uh, and so you can only visit each different dungeon every two years. Uh, you slowly build up your stats, um, from the kind of rare loot that you get. Now, uh, this has been remastered, um, but unfortunately, that side of things just hasn't been handled very well at all. Okay, so, so game, it's kind of like the um, antithesis of um, Tony Hawk's and all of my um, developed... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so just invert all your... No, it's not horrible, uh, and it's great to be able to jump back into it, but, you know, if you... if you Because Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is one of those sort of off-the-beaten-track games, but not a huge amount. So you can read hundreds of reviews or, you know, uh, see retro videos about it or, you know, whatever happened to this series. And they all say the same thing. You know, this GBA connection was great if you had the gear, absolutely awful if you didn't. And it's not hugely fun to play um, on your own uh, because the whole time you have to carry this chalice around, which gives you a protective um, sphere or circle. Uh, so normally if you're playing with three other players um, you have to take it in turns to carry the chalice depending on what's going on in the battle 
when you're playing at one player, there's a Moogle who carries it for you. Um, by and large, it's okay. Occasionally, he'll complain about having to carry it for too far, too far, and drop it, and then you have to carry it. <laughs> um, you can't. <laughs> You can't really rely on him in combat, and um, so he will kind of give you support. There's a whole weird mini game thing where you can spray paint his body and, and cut his hair. Um, so depending on how, what colour you spray paint his body will influence the kind of magic that he'll do. So when you're really uh, in the thick of a fight and the screen's quite busy and you would just need a little bit of backup support from the, from the Moogle, you have to kind of tell it to drop the chalice, but then it'll drop the chalice, which is then a... A kind of a 3d object so if you're on a slope it will start rolling down the slope and if you're outside the sphere so it's not it's doable single player but it's not fantastic um if you hop online so i did this a couple of times um and you can can do dungeons together but unfortunately when you get that drop at the end of the dungeon the whole point in doing it only the host player gets that drop right well, so if four, four of you say we're teaming up to play it online together you'd have to do 12 dungeons for each of you to have finished your kind of yearly cycle which is just stupid yes yeah okay um so but what about graphics wise what about um like have they, uh, was there much of a difference between the GameCube controller? Because it was on GameCube, right? It, did it use the um, yeah. the analog, um, what's it called, uh, triggers uh, when you were playing it? Or is that just not an issue anymore? No, that's not, no, that wasn't in, that wasn't an issue at all. Because uh, any controls had to be compatible with the GPA. So, uh, of course, yeah. Whatever you have on the GPA is fine. Um, I don't know how much they've updated the graphic. I think it's pretty... It holds up pretty well. Um, and as you might expect from a Final Fantasy game, the, the soundtrack is amazing. So I've actually acquired the soundtrack for it because I loved it so much. Um, it stumbles here and there, and uh, they've not reworked it from the ground up. So you do, uh, if you remember this from, from, I guess, the early 2000s, late 90s, whatever it was... It's right over there. I could reach it, but I'm not going to. Um, there are a lot of loading screens. You forget how many loading screens that we used to have. So you know, you <laughs> come, you come back to your village. There's a loading screen. Uh, there's a celebration because you've filled the crystal. Then there's another loading screen, and then you kind of talk to your parents and you head out of the village. Then there's another loading screen. Uh, then you're in your caravan, and then you go down the road, and you're um, spawn one of these random events and there's another loading screen either side of this event and you go to a dungeon and there's a um, so that's a bit jarring and then there are a few points that I had in my game where it just the game just crawls um, sometimes on transition between different screen types and sometimes when um, when the screen gets a bit busy so uh, not oh that's that's poor yeah yeah like not, you expect things to like when you go into new hardware you shouldn't get slowed down and you shouldn't have to oh yeah fuck it yeah 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 uh there are a few new things as far as i can work out uh which is basically paid dlc for you know your favorite final fantasy characters clothes 
Oh, right, Actually, so you can get, even... dress them up in cloud no, outfit or something no, like that? No, you can't. No, it's... it's... <laughs> And this is so niche. It's characters from the other Crystal Chronicles games. Oh wow! Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So unless you're a hardcore fan of the series, uh, you will not be shelling out the the however much it costs for these um for these um, okay. cosmetics to look like the Jester character from the Wii Crystal Chronicles games. You had to find. Um, <laughs> Right. So, yeah, um, I will probably uh, finish it. So we never finished it, I think, just because it was a rare event to get all ten pieces of necessary hardware together in order to play it with uh, friends before. So I will uh, I will kind of um, uh, play through it and through to the end. And, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice revisit, but unfortunately it's a little bit too... Uh, faithful to the GameCube original, um, <laughs> <laughs> whereas it, <laughs> you know, it, if it was just a much quicker, smoother experience, it would be it would be a more of a blast to play. And uh, yeah, the the way that online's been tackled, um, that I've tried, who knows? Maybe there are other options and friends lists, so you can actually properly play it together with four people. Um, there is a demo I think I recommended to you to try that. Just try the demo if you've not played it before. Uh, you, you can, I think you can do three dungeons, but you can't kind of complete the first year of the demo. Um, just to, just to get hands on to see uh, what it's like. Yeah, I didn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, typical. Yeah. Uh, what are you playing? Well, I have been playing, and it's just to go again with our fucking remasters. I have been playing Mario 3D All Stars. Hey. So, <laughs> yeah, that's um, so that's the remake, remasters, whatever you want to call them, of Mario 64. Mario Sunshine in the GameCube and Mario Galaxy on the Wii. Um, and yeah, it's, it's good fun to go back to them. I, I, as you may know from previous podcasts, our more hardcore listeners will, of course, uh, have taken note of this. I've never played Mario Galaxy. Um, I still haven't this played is, Mario why... Galaxy. <laughs> I'm really excited when this when this got announced. I know that a lot of people were. It's one of these interesting things. We don't really talk about sales and stuff normally because we're not talking about games as they come out. Um, but again, there was a huge amount of negativity when this was announced. Um, partly because Galaxy Two wasn't in there and it was expensive and there was some weird accessibility, uh, limited uh, accessibility. I think it, this has sold really, really well. Um, but besides all of that, I was so happy for you to actually get a chance you've still not done it yet to play Galaxy because <laughs> it's really good and you like Mario games um, but, but you've, you've probably got some weird internal logic right where you have to play through them in chronological order well uh, yes and no um, so I, of course I immediately jumped into Mario 64 um, yeah and it's really, really still fresh 
for me. Um, I, I I played it I don't know, probably about uh, four or five years ago, um, and I did uh, one of these emulated versions of it, but with everything HD graphics up. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you were able to yep. put in like all of these extra textures and make it pretty and update all of that sort of stuff and you know make Mario super shiny. Um, and I played through um, and I got quite far in it. So it's kind of like, oh, this is still really quite fresh. Um, and thankfully, in this remaster, I'm not shit at it um, <laughs> because of that. <laughs> Um, so I actually flew through um, like the first 50 stars or something like that in uh, Mario 64 and um, I was thinking, right, this is good um, I know that it gets really hard and I know that I did it on I got the full 120 stars on um, the, the Nintendo 64 because, you know, belly big balls and all that um, but <laughs> first time, first time yeah. without without losing a life. I uh, absolutely not. Um, there is <laughs> the worst uh, level on that is the Rainbow Road level. It's the level I know the least, and it's it's kind of a PTSD um, sort of um, um, reaction to it as well. It has like this disgusting, horrible um, jump that you have to do. Um, every single time. I remember. Yeah, and on top of that, yeah. to get all the stars in every single level, you have to get hundred coins in every single level. Um, and one, uh, in that Rainbow Road, I remember it very very clearly. You have to, you're in a tiny little floating ledge. You have to run, smack a blue coin blocks block and get all the blue coins within a very very limited time um time limit <laughs> um and you have to do it by doing wall jumps at a weird angle like there's no good camera angle to do it um and it was just brutal and i just remember that over and over and over again it is i, I i'm kind of dreading um <laughs> going back to to that but but um maybe maybe you should get every single other star first i i kind of i was kind of thinking that and, and there are still some horrible horrible stars to get um one yeah, level in particular the... yeah one level in particular that i just didn't even like go to was that fucking snow world the very second door that you go into you know it's where you have to race the penguin and it's just mm. it's awful i don't want to do that i think every single time that i've potentially done it it has been through glitchy luck <laughs> more than anything else um yeah. but yeah like i i don't like the snow world I mean, we had this discussion before i think on the like one of our acid rounds features i hate snow or ice worlds <laughs> because you just end up falling um or sliding and yeah, like I, I don't even know why I forgot about how much I hated Snow Worlds, because uh, <laughs> I fucking went into it and um, immediately started sliding all over the place and like shit, I forgot and like almost straight off the edge straight away. 
but you know it's a yeah. thing and um there are painful moments but it was really nice to go back and play it uh it is done well um blah 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 good remaster i mean it's still very polygony <laughs> and all that sort of stuff which is fine um and of course there's been this recent thing um for the pc version of mario 64 where it's been redone and they've actually put the Mario from Mario Odyssey in there and all that sort of stuff, which is great. It's fine. That's user or user generated content and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, it's a thing. Um, but I think I'm, I'm happy with it as it is and I'll, I'll play it a little bit. I don't see myself going for the full 120 stars. To the point where I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to play Sunshine. <laughs> so, yes. your so, linear... Previously, uh, <laughs> on Richie's experiences with Mario Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, again, it's a fucking hard game. I think... <sighs> If anybody who's listening to this has played this and disagrees with me that it's an easy game, then fuck you. Um, because it is a really, really hard game. And it doesn't even particularly, you know, ease you in. Like, the first few levels are brutally hard. You know, like, you you can get stuck. Like, the, the first things that you do are boss fights straight away with no indication of how to do them. Um, like, you have to jump in and you have to, you know, f- fill Petey Piranha's mouth with water so that he swells up and then you have to butt-slam him <laughs> until he explodes three times. And that, that is not evident straight away. And then right after that, you're thrown into the docks where you have to... Um, do this ridiculous um, hard uh, traversing of the docks um, until you get to fight a squid um, and you have to pull off all of his tentacles and then pull his lips this is a weird, weird thing where you have to just pull his lips like elasticated lips until they smack into his face and he goes flying off (laughs) Um, and they're they're not easy fights Um, you're just like, fucking hell and now, I remember, like, really, really struggling um, as you progress through it. Um, and it, there's a real stark contrast between um, Mario Sunshine missions, like to get the shines, and say perhaps the missions in Mario 64, because some of them you can just do in a split second, especially if you've done them before. But I think even yeah. in like Mario Sunshine, you go back and you you have to really struggle to earn and get through to and make those awkward jumps before you even get any kind of gratification um, in that sort of respect. Um, and conversely, uh, Mario Odyssey, they just throw you fucking stars every which way. Uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you can, they, you can it, always fall over and collect a moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there's just so many of them about that it just becomes about uh, quantity rather than reward for or quality, I suppose, of your performance in the game. I'm like fucking hell. But yeah, Sunshine. Um, 
one that I'm dreading is I remember there was like a ghost mansion um, and there's like a manta ray just sort of floating outside. I don't, maybe it's not a ghost mansion. Maybe it's just like a hotel or something like that. <laughs> yeah, unless it's yeah. a ghost ray. That doesn't sound very ghosty. Well, it's a, it's a manta ray that's floating under the gunk that's all over Mario Sunshine it's very yeah. weird and I think when you clean it or get it to a point where it's clean it comes out in the air and then you can fight it again um, I think you have to do that like three or five times or something stupid and that is this is only through recollection on the on the GameCube um, and I mean Mario Sunshine is a hard game and again I, I I don't know if I'm going to spend all my life going back and <laughs> doing all of those missions again, but I do remember having a lot of fun collecting Yoshi, fighting Bowser, um, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and yeah, like you were saying, there's been a lot of critique uh, about it, um, and exactly what I said to you with regards to um, Crystal Chronicles, there is issues because Mario Sunshine did use the analog. Um, on mm. the the triggers, um, and people yeah. are sort of uh, having a bit of gripe with that. I don't have any gripe with it. I'm not pro on that sort of level. I probably didn't even notice that there was an analog function, <laughs> you know. Um, but <laughs> that, would, would that have been would that have been like water pressure related to yeah. how hard you push the button down? Yeah, okay. it's exactly that. Um, so you can sort of do sort of little piddly. Um, squeaks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or, or you can do full beam, but you can only go full beam on this one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see that as too much of a problem. I'm sure there are certain niche ways to complete certain things when you've got into depths of maybe completing it several times, but I'm not going to do that. Um, and we'll just see how that goes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've only done a few stars in, in Sunshine and I, I didn't really die that much. Not Billy Big Balls or anything like that. But I was just fucking, oh my God, what are the boss mechanics? I can't remember. And then you, you struggle and you're just like, stop hitting me. Collect the coins to stay alive and all that sort of stuff. Just try to work out um, what the fuck to do. Were you sweaty? Eh. I think um, I was a little bit stressed um, in that yeah, sort of situation but, but because like, just just uh, kind of nostalgia anxiety. I I think so, but like as I mentioned before, like when you go through the docks, it's not an easy way to get through the docks. You know, there <laughs> you have to do a lot of climbing. You have to rely on uh, camera angles a little bit mazy you've got to do some awkward jumps on like blocks that are moving and the thought of dying then and there to that boss and having to redo that is <laughs> oh it's so brutal you're just like oh, I barely made it through the first time and you know how when you sort of eke something through and you're like oh thank god I managed to get that and then the thought of yeah, having yeah. to do that again, you're just like, oh, yeah. this is just going to prove how shit you, I am. <laughs> you get into that, um, you get into that cycle of you re so you, you get really far, like the first or second time you do something, 
then you die and then you kind of don't get all the way through to the end and make a silly mistake and then you just you get into um you know repeat level delirium uh, yeah. where you're falling off the first fucking platform uh, when some random cheap cheap who has never got you before is getting you and then yeah and then it's like I can't I need to stop and walk away yeah. and come back yeah, like, it, it's like it, it, when you talk about flow in computer games that is when you have just completely abandoned flow um, and you're going for yeah. brute force, luck, and persistence, and yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah. let me, yeah. let me Get, just do the fucking a, thing. A little bit sweaty, like <laughs> actually clinching the game, not holding the gamepad. Like you can <laughs> give a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pushing that A button, and as far as it goes, <laughs> feel <laughs> the resistance of the circuit board underneath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, um, just to wrap this up, I haven't played Galaxy yet, but uh, I will get there uh, probably quite soon because I don't think I'm going to spend too much more time on Sunshine. Um, I do want to try and open up the hub a little bit more. Um, and get Yoshi and all that sort of stuff, um, but I think uh, I'll have more fun actually jumping into Galaxy and playing that and understanding who Rosalina is as a character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's one of those ones where uh, you'll rarely find somebody who doesn't like it, um, um, and because it's been so long, and also because I've been banging on about it, uh, it I, you know, kind of. Uh, Nervous that perhaps it's it's overhyped because it is getting on quite a bit and uh, and on a podcast not too long ago before we had any inkling that this was coming out, you know we were kind of talking about well, will it ever come back because uh, it did use aspects of the Wemo um, so it'd be interesting yep. to see what's happened to those um, but yeah just just really excited to to uh, hear your thoughts on it after you after you kind of try it and, and hopefully you just don't bounce off of it or or you know you don't have one of those reactions where it's like what was everyone fucking talking about? Because because <laughs> it is a thirteen-year-old game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it will hold up. Yeah, I think it will hold up. Um, I think it's fine. And I'm going in like like going in and playing uh, Sunshine. It, it, it doesn't feel like a thirteen-year-old game or, or fifteen, sixteen, yeah. however old it is. <laughs> yeah. um, it feels like a Mario game. It doesn't feel too dissimilar to Odyssey. Um, yeah. So it, it's just. I'm just very aware that it's fucking hard, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's weird, like, I I don't see enough people talking about how hard it is as a game. I feel like more people should be talking about it. Like, I, I saw Twitter posts of people, like, outrage at, at Sunshine. I thought, oh, yeah, but that'll be somebody talking about it. It's just, like, they've left some kind of a graphical glitch in uh, some of the, the, the special <laughs> worlds and, like, all right, yeah, yeah. but no talking about how fucking evil and awfully hard this game is. Uh, but yeah, like okay, fair enough. <laughs> it is what yeah, it is. I've, I've um, I've not played it, but you don't. Occasionally, someone will have it as their favorite Mario game, but you don't often come across uh, somebody who's a Sunshine is the best one. Um, it's yeah, it's a little, it's a little. Uh, I don't want to say off the beaten track, 
There's something different about it, I think. Whereas, you know, you can happily line up. You can happily line up all the other ones and be happy with it. Um, something a little bit different about Sunshine, I think. Yeah, I mean, everybody, they, they hated it to start off with because uh, Mario had flood the, the water jetpack thing on, the, on his yeah. back. And everybody was raging that it wasn't just like Mario 64 again. Um, and it, it is different. It's all set in this sort of holiday vacation sort of um, world. Um, but I think the rewards you get for doing those horrible, horrible tasks that you're forced to do um, by opening up the hub and getting uh, new things, new areas, is I think the rewards are or what drive you a little bit more just to talk again about mm. creation as we were with uh, with uh, Tony Hawk Tony Hawk I suppose Tony Hawk's on the Nintendo <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and um, yeah I think it's because it's such a tough game like the rewards feel a bit more uh, a bit more in general um, and yeah I, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's any need to dwell on this any further. Um, yeah, Mario, it, it's good. And I will revisit and tell you all about my adventures in Mario Galaxy uh, at another point. Looking forward to it. Cool. Looking what else have you been playing? To it. So the last game on my list is a, one that I almost surprised myself with. Is Subnautica. Oh. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's an underwater survival game. So think uh, Minecraft, Daisy, all of that bollocks. Uh, and it came out on PC in twenty eighteen, I think. And for a while, um, all the streamers were doing it, uh, but I didn't really pay any attention. And then I saw that it was coming to Switch, and I thought, I really liked the look of that game from the, the trailers that I've seen, not really knowing anything about it. But I was sort of put off by the survival aspects. I just don't... Yeah, you, you have that love of, I like, just... endless ocean and things like that. Yeah, and I'm just too... <laughs> this is the theme for the podcast. Maybe we should call this one Grandad Edition. <laughs> old to be worried about keeping my health up and keeping my food levels up and keeping my water levels up. Um, <laughs> that shit's... That's a young man's game. <laughs> uh, so so I, did, I did a bit of uh, looking into it and um, uh, first of all, it wasn't due out... It's not due out on the Switch until 2021 and I was like, the way things are going, I don't think... There's a, there's a chance we won't even fucking be here in 2021. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the world will not be a place where I can download Switch, uh, buy Switch games in 2021. Uh, and so I just decided, uh, I think it was on sale as well, which didn't help um, to get the PlayStation 4 version. Um, uh, after having a look at how well it performs, apparently... And this is one of the great things about being so late to these games sometimes. <laughs> uh, when it initially came out on the PlayStation 4, it was bad, bad, buggy, buggy, bad, bad. Um, but I've had not many problems with it. 
Uh, and you can, fortunately, from the beginning, you don't have to do any kind of credit hitting to unlock any of it. You can choose which settings you want. So if you want, you could go full hardcore survivor mode. You get nothing permadeath, one life, uh, all the way through to uh, you don't even have to worry about your health and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I played it about an hour in original survival mode and it was just a little bit too annoying topping up <laughs> all the meters so then i deleted that save and started again um so it's just the health and oxygen you have to worry about and not the constantly finding sources of food and water oh you put it on easy mode oh well and not 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 easy easy mode which is just <laughs> don't worry about anything um but you know let's try and make some progress without dying of dehydration in the fucking sea every <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> mode um, and it's uh, it's really hard to talk about because uh, even though it's two years old because almost everything is spoilers but suffice to say uh, I'm a big fan of underwater games loved Endless Ocean um, yep. Monster Hunter Try is my favourite one and most people hate it because the underwater level bits in there uh, and it takes a lot, as with all of these games, it takes you a lot, you know, you are kind of hanging in and, and you know, scrabbling for raw resources to just stuff in your mouth early on. Um, but then once you, <laughs> uh, once you start to build up your resources and confidences, it, it kind of explodes um, and uh, it really gives you the, the tingly feelings of like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoying it. Um, and I've, I've, I've kind of played it. Go on, give us an example of one of those I can do that's. Two solid days. It's, uh, mm, it's my, <laughs> if, if you're the weird kind of person who's listened to this and, and also hasn't heard of anything about Subnautica, because it may be spoilers. Um, but kind of, as you're gathering material, uh, so the idea is that, uh, uh, you were on this um, Altera Corporation uh, spaceship, uh, which has uh, crash landed on this water, on this water planet, um, and essentially you have like a Star Trek replicator, but you have to give it feed it materials. Um, but because of this, the crash, it's lost most of its blueprints. So you start off with you know you can make yourself some you know a, a knife and a light uh, from the resources that you harvest. Um, but then very quickly after that, and it's done in a really cool way, you, you essentially get the ability to build a um, undersea hab lab. Um, okay. So, you know, sort of like a, a gerbil rat run, but with so many options. Uh, and, and from that moment, because before that, you're just subsisting on your escape pod. So it's this little escape pod that's always on your HUD, just floating around the ocean. You pop up, you can get a, get yourself a medipack. Uh, you've got limited fuck all storage uh, to kind of fabricate things. So you're kind of dropping shit in the ocean. I hope that hope that doesn't take up memory, or I hope I remember where I dropped that. Um, but then as soon as you kind of build that base and home, and it's so customizable, uh, and then vehicles start coming, and then and then yeah, and then you're like, wow, okay, I can I can build basically build my own Sequest DSV <laughs> out here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and then uh, and then uh, it, I think it's is when it 
flips that threshold between even on easy mode between like you know i'm just kind of going from run to run emptying my bag i need some of this let's try and find some of this but i don't want to die um to kind of okay i can i can actually relax i've got a foothold and now i can kind of spread out from there on the way that uh your gear is delivered to you and the way the story is delivered to you um is really nice because sometimes uh in these open worldy type games which have a story it, it feels a bit like you know very clearly breadcrumbs you know someone will phone you up and there'll be this burning point that's on your map and and that's you know you know that that's where story mode is um whereas here kind of linked to your blueprints and your upgrades and and uh the way that stuff's given to you is just really really nicely laid out and um, so yeah you do just I, I i have certainly had a number of these kind of mind-blown um little moments go oh wow okay now i can do this um so yeah so really enjoying it <laughs> um and it's, it's it has been a rare game um i had a couple of days off this week where i put it on i think at 10 and then <laughs> was reluctant to turn it off uh 12 hours later eight hours later <laughs> um, you know and time had kind of flown past uh barely remember to eat my lunch so yeah really enjoying that and then just before we recorded this podcast something <laughs> happened in the game and i was like what there's this now <laughs> um, so yeah yeah <laughs> excellent excellent yeah, yeah. and uh, the uh, and last thing on this because um because uh, i know i've been rambling on for a while um obviously for a game set underwater um a bit i think we mentioned we were talking about starlink the other day a huge part of the enjoyment hinges on what is it like to be in the water you know if it's if it feels treacly um or if it's really hard to work out what height you are that's a massive ball ache but traversing in the water first of all just on your own and then later on in all kinds of vehicles is just an absolute pleasure no oh, good 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 yeah and what about um How are you yeah go on what about the um, the marine species? I know that you love digging things like endless ocean because of all of the animals and things like that in there. What about the the creatures in uh, in, in in Subnautica? Yeah, it's a good question, and so far for me, it's kind of the weakest aspect of it. Um, so it's not kind of clever in the way that pokemon is um it feels more jim henson the creatures so they're, they're fine um <laughs> but yeah they're all very they're all very kind of muppety and, and um, okay you know there's it, just something about them you can say well this is you know not not that everything needs to be based on what is possible in evolutionary biology um but certainly when it comes to the the more uh, active, motile creatures, uh, yeah, they're a bit. You can you can just tell, you know, they are they are fabrication. Uh, but there's some really nice attention to detail on the encrusting organisms and the reef-growing organisms. Um, 
yeah, it's not. There's not a huge amount of law behind them so far. Um, but you know, like, it, there could be a whole thing around the corner which completely makes what I'm saying bullshit. Um, <laughs> you can do what now? <laughs> you can collect yeah, all of them. Collect can, them all. <laughs> inter- you can interbreed different species. It basically becomes underwater spore um, at some point. Who knows? Uh, you know, you get a little bit of a file on them, and there's a little bit of kind of you know sort of frontier encounter information about them um but yeah it's not it's not the strongest point of the um uh of the simulation having said that occasionally you know you do come across uh, a kind of a whale sized thing for the first time and, and you do have that wow uh, or you see a shadow pass over you know you're, you're looking at the ocean bottom you see a huge shadow pass over it what the hell is that um so yeah not not the strongest um aspect of it Okay, but definitely passable. Um, yeah, what I was going to ask is, have you dipped your toe in survival games at all? It's, it's something I generally try to avoid because it's not my. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Uh, survival. I mean, it depends on your definition of what a survival game is. Like, you could look at um, <laughs> you could look at Fallout as a survival game as well, especially yeah. you know building um the towns and. Um, but the way I approach and play um, Fallout or indeed uh, Skyrim or whatever um, is not really about survival. Um, I, I just it becomes more of a stealth game than anything. Um, just because I love fucking and then, and those mechanics. Just, <laughs> and then you just have like a, a hovel that you just chuckle your shit wherever and, and then back out to. Yeah, yeah, I'm the worst. Like, uh, like doppelganger, <laughs> like doppelganger. He he spent like weeks, you know, making these. This uh, he showed me <laughs> like he made this like complex and it had different floors and he was using like special glitchy techniques to sort of make certain things happen and like he was interconnecting them over like miles and all that sort of stuff. Whereas I had the first place that I got and <laughs> a box. <laughs> and like whereas he's got like this uh, array of all these armors that he's collected and has on display yeah. I'd never uh, even touched those arranged alphabetically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> collected all the gnomes possible and all that sort of stuff uh-huh. <laughs> I just have it all in a box and <laughs> I like ditch all of the armors and just like give them to like my villagers just to you know shut them up and make them defend the village a little bit better <laughs> it's just like go away not interested and then I just go around um, with as little as possible I, like I remember he was just sort of saying things like what about your dog what about the companions the AI is so so much better <laughs> and I'm like I hate AI you know anything around <laughs> me that can sort of like cause any you know, bad guy to notice that I'm there. Just like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, they're not interested. So I just spend all my time, like, sneaking with a sniper rifle, doing one hit, one kill, and then I'm straight out of there sort of thing. Um, and, and that's, that's it just doesn't become a survival game anymore. It becomes a stealth game. And that, that's the way I like to play those. Um, I have... I have played Minecraft way, way back in the day before it became a thing. Um, oh, I see. And... Before it was popular. Before they, before they no, got no, no, signed I had, by... Like, uh... 
before Microsoft kind of took over. Yeah, yeah, no, this was like, um, it was back when I was still working in that sort of field, and um, people were like, oh, have you seen this new game, Minecraft? And we, you know, it was like an exe file that you ran on your PC, you know? Um, and yeah, it's like, all right, you do this, then you get that thing, then you get that thing, and then it, it, it basically survival games become uh, the thing I hate about mobile games. You know, these merge mobile games where you get two of these things and then you get three of these things together, then get four of those things that you've created together and you get a new thing and then you get these new things and that creates a new thing. And as, as ultimately all these survival games become is yeah. um, a multiplication of uh, raw resources into X and then some way of creating those resources over and over. And fair enough, it's a thing, it's fine. I just, um, I don't know, once you start to see through, th- see behind the veil, see behind the curtain, um, it becomes a, a bit more shallow. Um, yeah, so I, so I think that's what's keeping me so interested at the moment, uh, is uh, that feeling hasn't set in yet, you know, it's just like, I, I sometimes I think I get a peek behind the curtain, and it's like, oh no, I, that wasn't a curtain. That was a, <laughs> a piece of paper. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, if, I've not, I've not yet, kind of, um, you know, got that familiarity or that, uh, or that kind of. Oh, okay, I, I, I understand how this world is put together and how things, how things like there's still surprises around the corner. I imagine that that will set, uh, settle in at some point. Um, and there's this really good balance where um, part of me is like, oh, you know, oh, I just want to build my base, make my make my perfect original character base for my for myself. <laughs> um, but then you know these little seeds of the story come up, and I'm like, so I'm currently being poured um, between the both of them, which I think is a good thing. I think yeah, definitely, definitely a good more, thing. Yeah. Um, if the story is a bit more distant, I think just you know burn yourself out on on resource creating and, and building a mega structure um so yeah really well balanced uh as it is and, and actually perhaps circling around to tony hawk um you know wondering when I'll, tony hawks <laughs> wondering when i'll reach that point <laughs> like, okay i i you know i i know how this world works exactly as you put it um you know i, I understand how it works and and uh, it, it's no longer a challenge or a mystery or it just doesn't. It becomes less engaging, you know. Yeah. Once you see the inner workings, the cogs. See up yeah, its skirt. Yeah. Once, once you see the Wizard of Oz behind the screen. Any other yeah. uh, cliches about that? Um. No. 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 Let's not do that. No. Okay. Um, what are you playing? Okay, last one on my list, um, and this was a recommendation <laughs> from my brother, um, who is not a gamer, but um, picked up Steam um, purely because he wants to play Football Manager. Uh, but ah. but when playing um, on about in Steam, found a game called House Flipper. Now he is. <laughs> <laughs> he is a capitalist of the highest order and loves the idea of <laughs> um, uh, of uh, flipping houses and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So he bought that game. 
and he highly recommended it. He was like, this is great, it's fantastic, doing this, doing that, and the next thing. Um, so I thought, all right, okay, I'll, I'll see. And then, like, a couple of days later, it went on sale on Steam, so I was just like, right, fine, fuck it. I'll have a little go and play it. And uh, <laughs> it fits firmly into our category um, from a few podcasts back of non-violent games. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You, you can break down a wall with a sledgehammer, but there's no killing off things or anything like that. Um, and the violence is... Lock people in the basement and then knock the house down. Whilst yeah, yeah, you can't put people into a swimming pool and take out the means to get out of the <laughs> swimming pool. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's um, it is essentially exactly what it says in the tin, uh, which is very, very appropriate. Um, oh god, what's the word I'm looking for? Saying, yeah, uh, um, energy, metaphor. I don't know, like. Just because it's from Ron Seal, the advert, which is about, you know, um, yeah. looking after your home, things like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and basically, you start off in a little shed, you are a handyman, um, and you get jobs on your laptop um, in the shed. And you, you go out, you do these jobs, you start off doing simple things like uh, cleaning up a garage and, you know, tidying off all the dirt and doing doing a tidy up and that sort of thing um and you're just given a bunch of tools um to like you get a paint roller so that you can decorate the the houses and then you have to order paints on your tablet um and you you sort of just paint it in that sort of fashion and it is very it's almost sort of like um real time based because you do have to so individually like a simulator. Do it. uh, it's more like yeah, it's more like a simulator, uh, but a fun, shorter time-based uh, simulator. Okay. Like you, you have a a mop which is amazing. You just sort of wave it at a pile of dirt, and it does go away. You don't actually have to mm-hmm. scrub the dirt or anything like that. Although, when you have to clean a window, you actually have to scrape clean <laughs> the window um, and clean it and things like that. Um, so the, there is uh, definitely at the start there's an element of cleaning, uh, but then there's also things like um, uh, one of the first missions I got was uh, my boyfriend in a fit of rage kicked off the radiator. Can you fit a new one? <laughs> yeah. Hell, so, I know. Yeah. Some rage. <laughs> yeah. Um, does, so you go around it, there. Does it, does it not go really dark, and then and then you kind of have to intercede in this toxic relationship <laughs> maybe uh, i haven't got that far but we'll see what happens next for that couple um well, but ultimately you know, she, she kind of gives you 25 quid clearly got a bruise in her eye the guy's kind of standing behind her like oh, okay off to my <laughs> next project <laughs> right okay um and then yeah, so when you're actually uh, mounting the radiator, you actually do need to sort of go through the process, and this actually has a difficulty curve as well. So you can have it on easy mode where you just have to click the items and they go into place and you slot them on, or you can go into harder mode 
and you actually have to find out what you need to do and you have to put this thing there before you start tightening the bolt and things like that and it's all you know it, it, it is what it is and recently they actually just announced that it's got a vr version which makes a lot of sense um because the way you interact with it is a very very uh, your classic sort of um walk them up um you can see all around the surroundings and you sort of click in these different um uh what's it called these different uh, like bits of dirt or rubbish or a paint can and you can see yeah. how it fits in a vr universe and i can almost, yeah, I can almost visualize the engine you know one of those yeah. ones you see and yeah um but that is just the initial sort of handyman stuff that you do the bigger bulk of it is once you have unlocked all of your tools is to actually start doing up houses and making them friendly towards certain buyers and these buyers you sort of find out that they they believe that in a family there should be you know a bathroom for each person so you have to think about making a room with on suites and all that sort of stuff and yeah it's um it's very in-depth it's um incredibly zen as well like it's one of those games that you play to wind down like like if i've done some hardcore world of warcraft raiding um and rather than like sitting down with a cup of tea i can sit down with a cup of tea and i can just paint some walls or mow the lawn <laughs> or whatever and it is super chill you know and, and again like it, everything is so so zen about it that it's just ah oh, relax do this thing right okay paint this and and then if you do want to get more in depth into it, you start thinking right okay where am i going to put this wall what's going to happen there but it, it, it's a game that's not a game and it, it it's just fun to have on um, and sort of switch to as well um, but uh, yeah I don't think there's much more to say about that game really um, it's okay. definitely I, I worth a go okay go on go on go on, go on. number one realistically do you think uh, there are this is a like a an adult training game are there trans are there transferable skills that you could pick up from House Slipper from your limited experience with it. So, yeah, hey. uh, could you could you install a radiator, for example, now? Um, I definitely would still pay someone to install a radiator, but um, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> um, I think that the the way that they've approached it is quite realistic in in some fashion. Um, I'm sure. I, I no no no, you'd still. Even okay. if you were doing it yourself, you'd still prefer to use a YouTube video with a guy who's actually doing it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like all of a sudden you become an expert on finding the water main and, uh, you know, tapping radiators and all those other balls. Uh, in all honesty, all that happens is you see a mount on a wall, you click it, and then you choose from the, the tablet what radiator you want to buy, and then you put it there, um... And on the mounting that's already on the wall and then you sort of yeah. uh, play with it um, and just get it secured in and you do the same for like sinks as well um, but sinks are I, I think I could actually wire up a sink no issue I have done in the past so. <laughs> wire up a sink 
Yeah, word it up, that, bye. That <laughs> fills me with confidence. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could definitely um I could definitely plumb in your plugs and fire up the sinks. <laughs> my, my, uh, uh, my second when you Yeah, go on. Like when you fit a sink, it is uh is tubes. But you're not going to say I tube up a sink. But yeah, I suppose plum is the word I was looking for there, not wire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, my Number second two. question is: uh, I find this, I find this absolutely fascinating. And so, um, hat tip to your brother for for uh, for getting you onto it. Um, and thanks to you for bringing it up on the podcast. But for me, this game. Uh, we've talked about like escapism in the part, you know, what, what escapism people get from games. And to me, this game is just way too close to some of the stuff that I'm normally avoiding doing, or <laughs> you know, is on my long list of things to be doing. And that I don't think I could play this game without being that. Oh, fuck it. At, at what point, um, you know, I am virtually installing some shelves and putting up wardrobes or whatever. Uh, when I actually have these tasks to do in real life, well, um, I can see it. You know, if I'm fighting, you a, could argue a, a fashion, that about fashion, more fashion, fashion, like Second World War, or exploring underwater, or you know, saving my village from crystal thing. That's far enough away. It's completely different. Hundred percent. No, no, I'm with you. But you could argue about any sim. You could argue about any single sim that it's too yeah, close to reality. Most... You know. But most Sims allow you to do things that you can't normally do, right? You can't just hop on a hop on a train uh, and drive whatever the Berlin monorail. I mean, oh yeah, can, yeah, no. But I'm genuinely thinking about stuff like The Sims, you know, where you 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 lead a virtual life, you know. Yeah, um, that's more. That's more of a dollhouse. You see, like, there are there are bits of um, I think, uh, what's his name, Dara Brin used to do a funny stand-up set about uh, GTA. You know, there are bits of GTA where you've failed a mission <clears throat> and you're at a hospital, and then the easiest way to get back to your mission is to get a taxi. Um, but it's, you know, it's like in the middle of the, it's in the middle of rush hour, and then you kind of have that out-of-body experience. Where I'm sit, sit, sat here watching my character on a screen in a taxi in traffic. <laughs> 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 What part of this is is, is you know, a good use of my time or in any way escapism? Um, and for me, this kind of firmly sits on, you know, I mean, I guess, yeah, thoughts. You're fascinating. I'm fascinating. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I think um, you hit the nail on the head when you said that's more dollhouse. I would say that this is a little bit more dollhousey. It is very in depth. Uh, it definitely still feels like a computer game because you're very often just bringing up a a menu to make a roller brush appear or make a a, a price gun appear. And it, again, it feels a little bit like a game, but at the same time, uh, there is nothing in that game which. Um, which doesn't touch, uh, which isn't like, uh, there's nothing in that game that's violent. There's no, there's no doom in it. And I think that's what makes it, uh, what makes it a, a, a game there is actually, it is 
nice to go in and it's nice to be able to you know be able to make a room I like a dollhouse room or make a you know whatever you want to do and strategize and make some blueprints make a garage 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 make a garage yeah and choose the doors for it it feels a lot like um the customizability of the sims um and uh-huh. when you used to make that um but it's nothing to do with the sims and there's no people there's no life to manage there's no people pissing themselves or setting themselves on fire um it is just <laughs> you know there may be undertones so, of domestic abuse but um <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it my fucking boyfriend kicked the fucking radar off the wall <laughs> fucking hell um so I, okay interesting so um so can you so you can't fuck things up so you can't like accidentally uh, drill through them through the electrics or you know no no there's nothing you can do which okay. creates a sense of peril there's no um, there's no the only thing that you're going to lose is your currency um, and your currency is very easy to come by you even get little perks for your characters to get more money from, from doing the handyman missions but basically what you're doing is the handyman missions with these silly emails that come in in order to fix up a house, in order to sell it to get more currency. And that's it. You know, there, there's nothing much more to it. You just kind of progress through the game, unlocking more tools um, and just playing about with it in that sort of fashion. And they've got some DLC. They've got, uh, they've got like a Halloween DLC where there's a, <laughs> a lawnmower, which is, you know, uh, which is... Uh, runs by itself. It's a ghost mower, which is actually a godsend because mowing the lawn is the most depressing um, thing to do in that game. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, like I say, it is, it is more dollhousey without any kind of peril, no time constraints, no enemies to come and kill you. Um, if you fuck up, you lose a bit of your currency, but even then, you're probably still going to come out with more money, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a market. I'm not, and I'm not. You know, if if that's how people enjoy games, I'm I'm absolutely not saying anything against them. Just saying for me, for me personally, that's that starts to fall into the uncomfortable bit of the Venn diagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm glad House Flipper, and I imagine. It's not alone in that genre. There must be many other kind of. Uh, oh, I know. I mean, I, I would never have known that this existed if my brother hadn't. Yeah. About it, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was only because like he, I've never had a recommendation of a game from him. <laughs> like, all right, okay, <laughs> or maybe yeah, Football Manager, but I am not playing Football Manager. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. I, and I think that's the the great thing about. Um, video games right is is uh, you know there used to be this big gatekeeping slash stigma around who's a gamer and who's not but it's uh unlike when we first started perhaps um you could essentially be a gamer and and just have completely different you know experiences so from people like your brother who uh you know perhaps will rarely touch any other kind of game 
but we'll have played you know every single football manager or every single Civ, Civ game or uh, yeah like uh, you know just has just has a console with one game that they keep going back to um, yeah I remember he had a Mega Drive and this is obviously quite a few years ago a Mega Drive with John Madden's and that, that yeah. <laughs> you know and I think yeah. he had uh, Sonic which he got with the console as well you know yeah and I touched once and uh, yeah just uh, after things yeah cool well I think that's our, that's our games done <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what we've been playing that's what we've been doing um, yeah so I guess let's say our goodbyes and until next time whichever or whenever that may be um, in, in your timeline probably a week um, <laughs> so uh, say goodbye you know Farley what do you need to do before, what, oh, sorry, before the next on. podcast yeah. This is homework homework for us. It's behind you we mentioned behind the curtain now. You're seeing, you're seeing behind the curtain right now, our DJM podcast. We need to come up with a fucking way to sign off these podcasts, man. <laughs> I like the say goodbye Farley thing and then, then bye. <laughs> I do, but it, it kinda of, it feels like do you remember when you were at school and you had to write a create you know, a two hundred word creative essay? And then you get really into it, and the meat of the story, it's really strong intro, and the meat of the story would be wacky, and then it'd just be like, uh, you'd kind of write, and then we woke up. Well, you know, and then I woke up. I think, I believe at our school, we got, we got told you cannot use, and then I woke up as the ending to your story. Uh, oh, man, how like much we, are we, we ending this... this podcast with, and then we woke up? <laughs> <laughs> we woke up. And then we have so much energy in these podcasts, and then we know, you know, we're both aware of the time, and then we're like, okay, we have to wrap it up. And then it's always like, it's like yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it, fine. It, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there was a really good podcast we did for just, no, no, we're just ending there. We're just ending it there, and, and done. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> and then that was great. That was fantastic. Um, I, but I, I, I don't know how to end it. It's like, we could do something it's like clear. neither of us do. Yeah, you, but but maybe we could. Uh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to say it, but we could say things. And and how about you, listeners? If you ever want to send anything to us, oh. catch us on the uh, <laughs> the social medias or on our email. Okay, okay, <laughs> and, and, then and then we woke up, and then we woke up, and then we woke up.